0: Hello and welcome to KMUK's Kind To Your Mind podcast. There's no two ways about it. This year has been hard. We're all doing our best, whether that's struggling homeschooling and Zoom calls, filling our time on furlough or going into work every day to keep the country moving. When you're having a tough time, it's pretty tempting just to retreat into yourself and feel like you're the only one struggling. Spoiler alert, you're not. And that's what this podcast is all about opening up and
1: sharing about a variety of topics to make us all feel a little less alone. There's power in talking, so let's chat. We'll cover everything from how to support a colleague or friend, personal stories of living with mental health problems, and a variety of general wellbeing topics like domestic abuse and neurodiversity. So let's get started.
0: Hi everyone. Today I'm speaking to Emma Latham who is joining me to talk about her experiences with her own mental health and about spotting the signs and how to get help. I hope you enjoy the podcast as always and if you're interested in being a guest on a future podcast please send me an email or email uk.wellbeing at kuna Hi Emma, thanks for joining us today. Can we start with you telling us a little bit about yourself please? Yep,
1: yeah, so I am a 42 year old single mother. I have a six year old daughter who is just amazing and very, very cheeky and wonderful and everything you could imagine. And I live in Sutton Coalfield. I've worked at KN for, gosh, nearly 19 years. So, yeah, I work in the international supply chain in Aston. I work on the next account, Sony, uh, McKesson. So, I'm, I'm working with those accounts at the moment. I'll be soon moving over to Sainsbury's. So a bit of a change, but all exciting. So, yeah. Fantastic. All right. Thank you.
0: You've got me beaten there with your 19 years. Um, (laughs) I'm only on five and a half, so not quite there yet.
1: (laughs) I'm part of the furniture now.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So um, we're going to jump straight in then and just... Can you tell me what your experiences have been so far with your mental health?
1: Yeah, so for myself, my mental health had a bit of a decline about four years ago. It was following um, a sequence of events in my life, which I think just kind of built up and built up. And it really did affect me. But at the time, I didn't realise how bad I was. Um, And this is why I think raising awareness of mental health is so important, of what signs to look for in particular. Um, I'd had the breakdown of my marriage. It was just me and my two-year-old daughter, we'd left, left the marital home and um, I was working part-time. I was trying to find somewhere new to live, trying to get my hours increased at work. And there was many things that were just causing me a lot of stress. At the time, I didn't realise how badly I was spiralling. And certainly with there not being much chat about mental health at all, I didn't realise how bad I was. And it took other people to kind of step in and say, you don't see yourself at all. For me, it was manifesting in me as kind of uncontrollable anger and rage that I felt inside. I felt angry all the time. I felt just pretty, pre- just pretty worthless and, and very like a failure. I felt like an absolute failure. And when I was at work, I just kept experiencing, uh, I just kept feeling really stressed all the time and just really, really angry. And I think one of the things that I noticed in myself now looking back, was I remember somebody coming over to my desk and asking me if I wanted a cup of tea. And at the time, I just felt my blood boil. And I thought, why is she interrupting me, asking me if I want a cup of tea? And I I just wanted to say, just leave me alone. You know, I was just just feeling so many feelings that that weren't relevant to really what what was happening at the time. Like someone offering me a cup of tea
0: yeah,
1: didn't make me feel angry and everything. And then it, it reached a point where, I was on the schoolroom one day and there was a group of mums with their buggies in the doorway of the the gate to get into the school. And they were just standing around chatting and I walked around them to go out. And I thought they were just having a little chat, but they were actually in a queue and one of them kind of shifted over, excuse me, there is a queue here. And I think I just had this kind of red mist descend over me. And I was just like, I think I just kind of blurted out a load of incoherent words. I went back to my car and I literally just fell apart. I just, Broke down completely. I drove back to my house and I called my doctor, who I'd spoken to a couple of times before, and he just kept saying to me, "Oh, you're overtired. You're overtired. Um, this is normal. You know, you're, you're a tired mother and all this." And he kept kind of fubbing it off a bit. But by this point, I was thinking, "No, I, I, I've totally lost it. I feel like I'm, I'm completely lost in every way, and like I was drowning. I felt like I was mentally drowning." So I rung back my doctor's and I was a bit hysterical on the phone. I was like, "You need to help me. You've got to help me. You've got to help me." And he kind of said, OK, OK, we'll come and see you tomorrow. He, I think he understood how distressed I was. And he suggested immediately that I get signed off. He was like, I'm signing off from work right now. We'll start with a minimum of two weeks. And, and back then, I was so scared of being signed off work because I was so worried about what work would say. I said, no, you can't, you can't sign off from work. I'm, I'm going to go in whether you do or not. So I, I rung up my bus and just said, um, I'm sorry I'm late. I'm just not feeling very well, but I'll be in in a minute she was like okay okay so then I came into work and I think I felt a little bit of relief at that point that the doctor was going to see me again tomorrow and that he would hopefully be able to diagnose something so going to the doctors the next day and I'd already reached a breaking point by this time he had me in the questionnaire just to ask me you know to answer how I was actually feeling I remember one of the questions in particular was how often do you think about death And I think that was a real turning point for me because I thought I ticked every day and I was actually thinking about death every day, not harming myself in any way, because that wasn't what I felt. But I think I was thinking of how to like, how how, how it would be not to have to think about it and live inside my head. So so I thought about death a lot. And then I ticked that and I was thinking, oh my gosh, I've just, yeah, I am. I do think about it a lot. And he diagnosed me with moderate depression, anxiety and stress. And he put me on some tablets for that. And then the difference from taking the tablets within a matter of weeks was just unbelievable. And to think what I was just coping with and living with and what so many other people are just living with, it's just unreal that, you you know, there is help out there. And if you get it, it it can be totally life-changing. I went back for a review about two or three months later and the same questions. And it was like, how often do you think about this? Never, how often do you think about this? Never. And it's such a change. So I think it's so important that people don't be afraid to seek help because there is so much help out there. And that people do worry about that medication. Oh, I don't want to go on medication. And I never thought in a million years I would end up on medication. But it really, really does help. There is help and there is a way. And, yeah, it was just, thank God I went to the doctors. Yeah, but I did reach breaking point because I didn't quite know how bad I was. I think people probably at work just saw me as being very moody, a little bit agitated all the time, probably down.
0: And I think it's quite a common experience that people don't realise that they're struggling. So I've had the same experience and I, I didn't reach, I don't think, the same kind of level as you did, but I've had the same thing where I've thought, oh, I'm all right, or I'm just a bit moody, I'm just a bit hormonal. And then at some point something happens to make you go, actually, maybe it's worse than I think and uh and it's quite interesting it's it's interesting to hear you talk about that and also interesting to hear that the doctor kind of dismissed you initially that's that's quite quite sad to hear to be fair
1: yeah yeah and I think you know maybe that goes back to um the fact that it just hasn't I don't feel like mental health has ever really been discussed that much as much as it has over the last sort of two years but back then the thought of me having to tell my boss that I was I was having a bit of a mental breakdown there was just no way I, I, I would have said I just couldn't I was like they will never understand, not in a million years, and that maybe I'm just going a bit crazy. And and even with the doctor, he just fobbed it off and fobbed it off. You're just tired, you're just tired. But it took me to ring him as like an absolute hysterical crying for him to say, whoa, okay. But uh, I'm just glad I was honest enough to just say. But I did see my friend not long before that, and she noticed the change in me. She sat in my lounge and looked at me. She went, you just don't seem like you. Mm-hmm. you don't seem like yourself and I remember thinking mm. at the time I was like mm, you know whatever well I don't feel great I feel angry but I just never thought of reaching out before that moment when I, I just thought I feel like I'm stuck in a hurricane and someone needs to pull me out because I, my head felt like it was a washing machine I just couldn't I just couldn't see any, any, uh, any help or anything
0: yeah. Yeah. And talking of sort of people noticing or thinking that you were just being moody, what do you think? Do you think there's anything people could have done to sort of notice that earlier, or was it just that you were quite good at hiding it?
1: I think I was good at hiding it to an extent. However, I think now with all the awareness and what what I've learned and studies regards mental health, if it, if it, if it was me looking at me now in that position, I'd, I'd take me to one side and side and just say. Let's have a chat. Let's have a talk because you don't see yourself. You seem a little stressed. I am worried. So for me to reach out to people now, I could e- I could easily do that. But back then, you know, four over four years ago, people probably wouldn't even know how to approach someone like that. I think most people probably just avoided talking to me too much because they thought oh, she's she's a bit mardy today or she doesn't want to talk. I was really closed and quiet or. So, yeah, people probably just didn't even know how to, how to talk to me.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. It's, it's quite ex- like good and also fascinating to see how much of a change has happened in a really quite a short space of time, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, you were only talking four years ago, which isn't yeah.
1: very long at all. Absolutely. And, it, and it's worth pointing out as well, that bit of mental decline I had was only over the period of three months. It was very quick. It just seemed to suddenly just like, like a bomb was dropped on me. -hmm. And then I just started thinking further and further and further. So in the space of this like twelve weeks, it went from me feeling okay, feeling happy, you know, coping with life as normal, and then it was so rapid, so quick, the descent. So I think if people do notice sudden changes, and it seems to be continuing over a good few weeks, it is time to to talk, to step in and, and just hold your hand out and say, "Come on, let's go and have a chat," because I think if it if I'd got help maybe a bit earlier. And so talking about all these worries that I had, you know, it, it could have helped me untangle my mind a little bit and think, okay, I haven't got to deal with this all on my own. Because I'm the type of person that also doesn't want to worry people. Yeah. So I don't really let on for how I'm feeling. But actually all that does is just makes you, makes you feel worse because you, you, your, your mental health, it just manifests within you and, get, and gets worse and worse. You, you can't keep it bottled up forever
0: yeah agreed I think that's a great message for people to take away to be fair that that you you can get help and if you need it it's there but also I think I wonder if it was harder for you as a mother I think I don't have kids myself but to me it seems like that makes the situation even more hard to deal with because you aren't just worrying about yourself so I can be a bit selfish but you you have a daughter to look after as well so yeah it's a whole different ballpark
1: I think yeah because that's quite true because it's like there's mummy Emma There's the the mother side of me, which is just in mum mode. And you are focused purely on your child and and collecting from nursery and and bathing and homework. And all this goes on with being a mum. And then there's yourself. That's when you're on your own, you you know, you're kind of left alone with your thoughts. I mean, I remember in particular one day in that period of time, I was standing in the shower and I was thinking and my mind just seemed to race and I would just go off in my head. And then I remember sort of snapping out of it. And I've been in the shower about 35 minutes. I must have been just standing there thinking, just lost in my own head for at least a good half an hour. And I was like, whoa, oh gosh, you know, back down to earth sort of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, it's very, it's hard to explain unless you've kind of been through it. But talking about it helps people to understand and kind of like pick up on any signals or to understand, you know, slightly how it feels to the other person. And I think it is a feeling of just being utterly lost. Yeah.
0: Mm. So on that kind of note, how would you want your colleagues and your manager, for example, to talk about mental health?
1: I think for managers, they they absolutely need to be educated, which I know they have been now at KN. They've done a lot of mental health awareness courses to be able to to understand. They need to be able to reach out to their staff and and just take them to one side and say, let's have a chat. To not be afraid to just open the dialogue and let's have 10 minutes together and just have a good chat. You know, recognise if people don't see themselves, seeing themselves, or if they're feeling low. Just, just be open and honest. And, and for, and equally for the managers as well. That you know, you know, if they're feeling overwhelmed, stressed. I think we just all have to be together as one big team. We are one big KM family. We've got to look out for each other. But I think that a lot of colleagues can feel when it comes to their manager, can they be honest about their, how they're feeling? They don't want it to look bad on them. They don't want to feel like they're failing at their work or, you know, there can be a lot of things that staff can worry about and not want to open up to their managers. So I think if they're honest to begin with, it can put, the, put, put staff more at ease and feel like, yeah, actually, I can talk to this person. I can be honest and open. And I'm really lucky now, actually, because my manager's helped me through a hell of a lot. I've had a lot go on in the past year. And I know 100% I could ring her and just say, look, I'm having a really bad day Mm -hmm. or I'm feeling particularly down today. Um, And she would be there for me in a heartbeat. And she has been. So I'm very lucky. But it's like I'm lucky to have that manager. Some other people might not. This is why I think that the managers need to do these courses so they can understand. So it does bring awareness to mental health because it shouldn't just fall down to if you're lucky enough to have you know a manager that's, that can show empathy, that understands. Yeah, I completely <laughs> agree. I think it's we need to make it more
0: an important part of being a manager rather than just sometimes people are good at that because some people are naturally empathetic and naturally open and some people need help and there's nothing wrong with as a manager needing help to learn mm-hmm. those things. And yeah. I've had a lot of conversations about it and people feeling You know, I can't talk about it because I'm worried and I don't know. I don't want to say the wrong thing. And in those situations, it's not a personal failing of somebody as a line manager. It's just something they need to learn and be helped with. So that's why those training sessions and things like that
1: are so key. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that they should uh, be mandatory. I really do to all the managers. I think they should all do them because, you know, we, we call in sick when we're feeling unwell because we've got a physical problem. But but, you know, we need to be able to be honest and say, I'm having a really bad day. You know, can can we talk? Can, can you help me? And and just be able to take a bit of pressure off that person or to help them um, to feel a bit more relaxed and just to get them through different days. I think we just have to be, not be afraid to speak up and not be afraid to reach out.
0: Yeah, totally agree. And conversations like this are, are definitely a big part of that. So mm-hmm. th- thanks for coming. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> yeah. So my next question is, if you can make one change to the way we deal with mental health in the workplace, what would it be?
1: Okay, so I would say it's definitely to to keep the conversations flowing and completely normalise it. Keep pushing awareness for for the mental health first aiders that are here. All the huddles we've done in the last week have have been amazing. And yeah, I just think that we've just got to keep this conversation going. It can't just be that we've had these six weeks of brilliant mental health awareness um, Zooms. You know, we need this to be something that people know is is, is that we can talk about it whenever we want, That there's help out, out there for us. And I think KN needs to keep pushing that and keep letting people know that we, that we are all here and we are here for each other. And there are so many things now, so many resources to support people. So I'd say keeping that at the forefront of people's mind and just keeping the conversations flowing, keeping the conversations open and never never letting it just be like before in the past you know it's mental health awareness week yeah it's a week out of a year I mean to think that it's all it was ever really talked about before is just crazy you know yeah. it should be part of our regular huddles that we say at the end how is everybody how are we doing does anybody need to reach out after or you know just just so people know that we are there that's it's always in people's minds we are supported
0: yeah, totally agree. We need to build it into part of our culture. So it's an inherent part of working at KN and everywhere else, obviously. But we you know, we can control our own company and make sure it becomes something that's just normal and natural for all of us. And I think you mentioned the, the mental health first aiders. So mm-hmm. that's a big part of it as well. Having these people who are that network of supportive people who are kind of pushing the conversation forward. So I think that's a really great step forward. Yeah, definitely. Um, and my next question is, How do you look after your mental health and general well-being?
1: So for me, I absolutely know I need peace and quiet. (laughs) So um, what I tend to do is once my daughter, I have fed her and and she's fed and watered, whatever. I just literally every day I'll go and have my bath. And I used to have a lot of mum guilt about that, thinking, no, I should wait. I should wait until she's in bed. But I I thought, no, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to go and have a bath, 15 minutes to chill out. And I just need that peace. I just need that um, downtime when she's just and when she's gone to bed as well. I tend to just read a book or just put on a series that I really like, just so I could just totally switch off. I also love being outdoors. So on the weekends we're constantly out in the fresh air in the countryside and we're always doing things. So for me, it's it's really good to just kind of embrace yes, the outside world, but also have my peace and quiet inside. So I know how my mind is now, I know that I don't deal that well with stress so I know when I need to take my time out I know when I need to just relax and just chill in the bath (laughs) so I know what works for me.
0: (laughs) I mean that's the key isn't it's knowing what works for you because for some people it might be the opposite that they need to go out and be social or they need to do something but I think it's interesting that because obviously we we sort of touched on the whole parenting thing before but it's interesting that you bring up mum guilt because you hear people talk about this a lot but and it's it's so much easier said than done, because to me, I think, well, obviously, you're a better mum if you have if you feel good in yourself. So if you're feeling good and if that means having a bath or whatever, then you're <laughs> going to be a much better mum than if you're stressing and, you know, not yeah. able to kind
1: of be be fully present. Yeah. Self-care is, is so it's just so, so important. We have to do things that make us feel good and help us to relax and unwind because you know, with the whole mum guilt thing, yes, I'm a mum, but I'm also me. So, and I still need to do what's right for me to make sure that I'm functioning my best, like you say, to be, to be the best mum. If I'm stressed out, when I mean, going back to that period of time, I was so stressed out, no doubt my daughter would have felt how stressed I was. It would have affected her in some way. So the fact that, you know, I get help from me, it, it affects everything around me. It affects the people that I uh, communicate with. It affects family. But now I know I can just take my peace, take my peace and quiet, have some relaxing time. And then it, it's just a peaceful and harmonious house <laughs> until, she, <laughs> until she wakes up in the morning. Then it's, you know, <laughs> wild ride as usual. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> Great. And um, let's end with, do you have any key takeaways for people who've been listening to this conversation?
1: Yeah. So for me, I would say to people to be aware of subtle changes in yourself and others, because sometimes it's, it's the little things that can escalate. So just keep checking on yourself and just take some time out to really sit and think um, and try and understand about how you're really feeling because everything we feel really, really matters. And don't ever feel selfish for needing me time. Uh, make it a priority because self-care, I do believe it's everything. Don't be afraid to reach out to people because I think that with everything we've learned recently over, uh, with all the huddles and everything, and all the education we've had surrounding mental health, it's time to be the change. You know, it's time to reach out to each other because we all know now. And some of us would have been aware before about mental health issues, but it's all well and good knowing. It's all well and good seeing the changes in, in people, but we have to act upon them. So I think we have to be we have to be completely unafraid to take our step outside of the comfort zone that we've known for so long, which has kind of been a bit of ignorant bliss and not having to deal with it. Um, or, or sweeping it under the carpet but now if we're going to move forward with this if we're going to break the stigma then we absolutely have to make a change so start reaching out start opening up don't be afraid let yourself be vulnerable and I think what people find is that there's absolutely a whole family around us that have felt the same can empathize can understand and can be there so yeah let's all just take a step now and and make that change
0: perfect thanks so much That's a nice inspirational message to end on. Um, So thanks very much for joining us, Emma. And um, everybody, hope you've enjoyed listening to this. Tune in for our next podcast. Thank you.
1: Thank you.